0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. Good morning, I'm Emily Smith and I will be reading Galatians 3 verses 26 through 29. You are all God's children through faith in Jesus Christ. All of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jews nor Greek, there is neither slaves nor free, nor is there male and female, for you all are one in Christ Jesus. Now, if you belong to Christ, then indeed you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to the promise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Emily, thank you for reading the scripture today. We appreciate you doing that very much. So, before I, I get into the message, I wanted to let you know about something coming up on September 17th from 9 to 3. It's, uh, it's called Holy Excavations. It's, it's, a, it's a facilitated conversation where members of our church will gather to talk about the things that drive us, kind of those, those uh, core values that we have. For us to be talking about what the next jumping off place is for our church, a lot has changed in the last two and a half years. A lot has changed. The world has changed. Our community has changed. Our church has changed. And so it's time for us to talk about what's the next right thing for us. And so that's what that's going to happen. That day you will get more information. I just wanted to give you a heads up so when you see the information, you've heard, uh, heard me speak of it for just a moment. I'd be glad to answer any questions going forward uh, as, uh, as you have them. So we've been learning some things in, in uh, these recent weeks in this series about difficult conversations. We've been talking about things regarding uh, religion, Politics, and money, and today talking about race. Now, kind of the nature of the topic today is that there may be some things that I share today that that may, you know, we talk about things that trigger us, um, that trigger an emotional response of some kind. If you feel that during the, during the message, I mean, it's certainly okay to get up and go get a uh, drink of water, get some air, whatever you need to do. I, that's understood, and, and the rest of us are not going to assume why you would get up and leave the, house, leave the room. Because you might have just gotten a phone call. You need to go take a phone call, so we don't know that. Uh, we're not going to assume if you need to get up and go and get a breath of air uh, during the message. Uh, and, and, and I'm going to be sharing some conversations that I've been in, uh, not because I did them all right, because I did not. Uh, and so I'll tell about that. Um, but I just, sometimes it helps me, at least, to hear from someone else when they've been in a situation and what they did. And it, and it just helps me to learn what, oh, okay, so when I face that, I, that might be what I do, or I do it differently. So I'll tell some of those conversations today. Um, uh, and I'm going to start with one that it, on the surface you might not think it has anything to do with race. At all. For about three years, I was with a group. We were doing a professional development and spiritual formation thing, and, and we would get together twice a year in a retreat setting, and then every month we had Zoom meetings. And so, over that time, you get to know people pretty well. You know, and you develop a comfort level. Most of the people in the group were from the Mountain West of the United States. You know, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho—that you know, that part of the world—and. Uh, so one day, we were just sitting around chatting, and one of them said, Hey Jeff, i got a question for you. Well, you know, that's, that's a great lead-in, right? Uh, okay, what's your question? And and said, Why are Texans so arrogant? Well, so you know, when I've told you, sometimes you get into these conversations, the very first thing to do is take a breath, right? <laughs> take a deep breath. Think for just a minute, give yourself a couple of seconds, check yourself, what's going on inside. So I do that, and, my, and honestly, my first reaction was, is that a passive-aggressive way to tell me I'm arrogant, that you think I'm, is that what this is? And, and, but then I, I thought, oh no, this person, I've never seen that in this person, never experienced it. So I gave, I, so I assumed positive intent. So I just then turned the question back and I said, well, uh, tell me why you asked that question. They said, oh, you turn on the TV and there's always some politician from Texas who's just grandstanding and they're full of themselves and then you see those Dallas Cowboy fans and they're obnoxious. Sorry. And then, you know, and just kind of had these examples that they had seen in media and I said, I said okay, so have you ever been to Texas? And the person said, no. And I said, do you know anything about Texas history? Well, you know anything about our state? Well, no, not really. And so I just, I just very briefly said, well, in, you know, we all everywhere in school you learn state history, right? I mean, that's just part of what you do everywhere you live. And and I said Texas has a distinctive history. And We grew up, you know, kind of thinking these people who are our heroes who did these things. And I, I just briefly tried to explain a little bit of that. And and uh. And I said, and just to be honest, I mean, I should be real honest, I don't know if Texans would say this, but having been raised as a Texan, really you're kind of raised with a little bit of swagger. Kind of a, yeah, I'm from Texas. I mean, that's that's kind of the culture, that's the ethos of this. And I said, so sure, there are some people that take that way too far and they get, they're arrogant. Sure, I wouldn't deny that, but then there's a lot of people in Texas that are not arrogant at all. And the person said, wow, I had no idea. That was really helpful. Well, thanks for saying that. I'll, I'll, t- I'll take it back. Now, on the one hand, you think, well, that's not about race. But wait a second. This person formed an opinion and an assumption about a people of a particular identity by a very small sample size of examples they had seen in media. Are you making the, connecting the dots yet? All too often, the things that we think we know about some other people group, and today you're talking about racial groups, ethnic groups, other, all the ethnicities. So often we've seen, it, seen that people group represented in just a very few instances. And then we think, oh, well, those people are just like that. So let's take just a broader look for just a moment. You know, we humans... Have had a propensity for a very long time to categorize and label. In some ways, I mean that makes life easy, right? I mean when you can label something and say, oh well, you know, that's that. That's that. Sure, I mean that's part of what life is, but we also applied that to people. We've we've done this for a very long time. And honestly, in the thousands of years ago, it was partly for protection. You, you got to learn that when we saw those people who looked like that and had their markings on their face like that, they were they were coming to do harm, and you had some experience with that. And then these people, when they came up the valley, and they had these, this kind of dress, and they looked like that, we knew they were friendly. Well, that kind of has stuck around in our human beings, right? And, and of course, it didn't, didn't take very long for us to start to say, well, and, and then well, those people are right and those people are wrong. Those people are good and those people are bad. And then that just carries forward. It just carries forward. And we go through life thinking, well, those people are wrong, they're bad. We want to stay away from them. So, in addition to thinking in categories and labels, it's human nature... To gather in groups of people that are alike. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty true in, around the world. People who are more alike tend to gather together. And that would be true of, re, of religion, of politics, of money, economic status, and race. It, it, it's just observable. You can see it. We tend to gather together. So part of the challenge is, is that when you do have some kind, of con, some kind of conversation around race, you're probably having it with someone of the same race you are. Now, that's not a bad thing. It's just that you don't have someone of another ethnicity, a person of color, interjecting into the conversation. And so there's so much you just you don't you don't know. You're not picking up on right. And and this would be and this is certainly true of, of again of religion, politics, money, and race. So all this is learned at a very early age. We learn learn these tendencies at a very early age, not so much necessarily about someone sitting us down and telling us, but it's modeled for us. We see it. We we observe our parents or our grandparents, people that we look up to reacting to people in certain ways, and you just kind of learn that, and that's just the way we are, and that's what we think is right, and that's what we think is good. You, You just learn that. And so there, there comes a point where uh, when you get older and you can think about things a little bit more that you're going to get new information and so you have to make a decision what to do about that. Sometimes you're presented new information and I don't know about you, but I've, I've heard people basically say, I don't need to hear that. They just reject the new information outright. Sometimes you need to get the new information and think about it and say, well, I don't know, let me think about that. Maybe... I've had the wrong perspective. Maybe I didn't have enough information. And I need to know more. You know, kind of like how all Texans are arrogant. Maybe I need to know more. Some number of years ago, I was at a pastor meeting. And uh, we at the lunch break, some of us said, hey, let's go eat lunch together. And so we went to, there was a nearby Mexican food place that was really good. And so we go there and one of my friends was raised in Mexico. And uh, his dad was a pastor. And uh, as as he got older and grew up and he went to university in Mexico and then decided he wanted to immigrate to the United States, and so he did. He went to an American seminary uh, to become a United Methodist pastor. And so uh, we're at this Mexican food restaurant. We all had placed our order. And when the server walked away, I turned to my friend and I said, your order surprises me. And he said, why what, what about the the food I ordered? He had ordered the most bland thing on the menu. I mean just the most and I said, I said I said dude you just you got like the most bland tasteless thing on the menu. Why did you order that? He said I hate spicy food. And when he said that it hit me. I was like, "Oh my goodness, I've grown up with the stereotype for years. I was in my adulthood, embarrassingly to say, that when I eat Mexican food, and I just assume this is what people in Mexico eat. All the time, everywhere. This is what they eat. And they must love spicy food. And I, and I told him, I said, and I just said, I'm very sorry. I have to apologize. I've had this stereotype in my head that if you're from Mexico, you like spicy food. And he, and he said, and he was a friend. Again, he was a friend. He said, he said, he said don't worry about it. He said, uh, there's actually a lot of food it from Mexico. That's not spicy at all. And I said, I, just, I had no idea. I did not know that. And he said, yeah. So he said, yeah. he said, don't worry about it. He said, but if they bring me a jalapeno, I'm giving it to you. <laughs> I said, well, that's fair. That's, that's quite fair. See, uh, every person, including you and me, we are the way we are because of an infinite number of influences in our life. I mean, you and I are not even aware of all the influences in our life that brought us to who we are right now. And so we certainly can't know it of somebody else. Why somebody has a certain belief? Why somebody has a certain perspective? Why somebody has a certain habit? I mean, we, we may know a little bit, but we, we really don't know everything. There's no way we can know that. And that's certainly true when it comes to race. Race that if you're engaging with somebody who is of a different ethnicity, a person of color, or if you're a person of color, a person who's white, for example, or a different person of color, we we don't know what it's like to live in the skin of another person. You can't know that. You can only know what it's like to live in the skin you have. So, there was a guy, I had a, uh, one of those impromptu conversations with a complete stranger that this other person initiated uh, waiting in line at a subway. Subway sandwich place. Nothing, you know, not transportation, food. And at some point, he just struck up conversation with me and, and I could tell, And he was, he, was a, he was a black man, and I could tell there's, there's some anger going on there. And I wasn't sure what to say or do, how to handle it. And, and at some point then he referred, and I won't tell the whole story, but he referred to a situation in the South where uh, a black man was killed by some white men. And he was upset about it. And so there I am, a, a white man f- from Texas, and I'm thinking, how do I, how, what do I say? And so, and I just, but I could tell because he was so angry. And I just thought, well, I'm going to be as empathetic as I can. I, I think that thing was horrible too. I heard it in the news too. I know, and I think it's horrible. But yet, he still had the anger, right? Still had the hostility, and, and, and I had that moment of thinking, you know, I don't know what it's like, just to hear a news story, like that, and the person who was the victim of the crime has the same color skin as me. I just, that's a different thing. And I don't know what that feels like. And so, so we, you know, at some point the conversation just kind of disintegrated. And I was, and and I've thought about that. i really, over time, I've thought, what could I have done to have a better conversation in that moment? And, And it dawned on me one time, what I wish is that I had thought of this scripture that Emily read just a little bit ago. From Galatians 3, where Paul writes, You are all God's children, through faith in Christ Jesus, all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul's not talking about a future event, is it? He's talking about the now. This has happened. Now, Obviously, he's not saying that there are no gender differences. He's not saying there are no different ethnicities. He's saying the the labels and the categories that we have used and the barriers that we have put up are gone. We just keep living as if they're still there. Some people haven't received that news yet. Some people have refused that news. But the notion of the song that they sang just a little bit ago, Heaven on Earth, yeah, There are no barriers. There are no distinctions. And so the idea is, if heaven on earth, we would live as though there are not these distinctions. That we are one in Christ. It's important to note that Paul uses the uh, the, the notion of baptism in this. You're baptized into Christ. Um, My guess is, most of us in the room, and maybe those of you online, that uh, we've been baptized somewhere in our life. And so the idea is, is you're baptized into a new reality. You're baptized into a new reality where we are one in Christ. There's a question we ask when we're baptizing somebody. Uh, if they're an adult, we ask this question of them. If they're bap- having their baby baptized, we ask if they answer the, this for their, in, in the stead of their child. And the question is this, do you reject all that is evil Repent of your sin and accept the freedom and power God has given you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. You've been baptized into Christ with the freedom and the power to resist injustice and oppression. So I've been trying to emphasize throughout this series that for us Christians, we already have a model for how to have conversations. I mean, we've been looking at the scripture all the way along about how do we do this when we're in a conversation about some of these topics, and there's so many more we could have talked about in this series, right? How do we do that? We already have a model that living and loving like Jesus means that we will all strive to have conversations in a way that we respect the other person and that we're motivated by love, whatever the situation is. So I was in, uh, on a trip. I was in Washington, D.C. I'd been at, at a conference, and uh, I was, uh, it was over. I was at the hotel getting my things to get to the airport, so I was waiting on my rideshare vehicle to get there, and I'm inside the lobby looking through the glass, and there's a TV with breaking news, and it's a story. Uh, they're showing some footage on there, and, and there's a guy sitting in a car. It's a black man sitting on the passenger side of a vehicle, and it's on his family's property but there are three policemen three white policemen with their guns aimed at him and in this brief video there's you hear someone yelling don't shoot don't shoot he's on medication don't shoot he's on medication and at some point though the officers shot him now i i, I was standing there thinking oh my goodness what was going on why did that happen why were they even called it was his family's property Why did somebody call them to that And I I was like, I don't know. And to this day, I don't know. I never heard the whole story. Because at that moment, the car pulls up. So I go out to get in the car, and I get in, and the driver is a black man. And he's listening to news radio. And the very same news story is on the news radio that was just on the TV in the lobby. And I'm sitting there thinking, "Oh my gosh, what? What do I say? I don't know what that feels like to be that person who see has to see on the news time and again. Someone with their skin color was killed by whether it was white policemen or white people or what. I, and I thought I can't not say something. And so I just we after we exchanged pleasantries, and I just sat there a minute, and I just said. I was, lit, I was hearing that same story on the TV in the lobby. And I said, I just, it's just terribly sad. I, I wasn't really sure what to say. I said, it's just terribly sad. And he just said, yeah, it is. And I said, it just seems like we see this kind of story far too often. And he said, yes, we do. And then I think he wanted to change the subject because he changed from news radio to music. So I took that as a cue, right? That was all he needed to say about it. Except he did look over his shoulder at one point and said, we do have a lot of work to do. Yeah. So I, then I just said, so how long have you lived here? <laughs> and we just had, we had a really great conversation all the way to the airport. Great conversation. But it's just an interesting moment, Right? there's this breaking news of three white police who have shot a black man and I get into a car with a guy that's a total stranger and he's a black man listening to the same story. You know, sometimes we just kind of walk into those things and don't even know we're going to have that kind of conversation. And What do you do? Sometimes we initiate it, sometimes somebody else initiates it. That's an interesting moment for sure. In the first week of this series, when I was talking about um, religion, I, I, I made this statement, or something very much like it. Jesus confronted religious people who believed that their religiosity made them superior to others. When Jesus confronted people in the Bible, it was usually religious people who believed their religiosity made them superior. Well, I think you can take that same principle and apply it to all of these topics we've talked about in, in this series. So, I think you might, we might could say there's, there's an adaptation that would apply. That Jesus confronts Christians who believe that their stance on religion, politics, money, or race makes them superior to others. Because scripture teaches there's, there's not a hierarchy here, that's been obliterated, it's gone. For us to act that way is like saying that, what, that Jesus dying on the cross for all of humanity doesn't count. Barriers are gone. People may come to Christ when they know that you are having a conversation because you care for that person more than you care about the topic. And they sense the love that you have for other people and the sense that you want to build bridges, not not Barriers. Always important to remember what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, people will know you are my followers because you win every argument. No. They'll know you're my disciples because, because you're right about that. No, you will, people will know you're my followers because of your love. And that is ultimately our motivation." God loved us so that we can love others. Let's pray. Oh God, we thank you for those examples that we know and we see in the Bible. The example of the very first evangelistic conversation that happened between the, the apostle Philip and a man from Ethiopia. The stories Jesus would tell where where the hero of the story, the one who actually got it right, was not the religious people of his day, but someone from another country. Oh God, help us to see that you have truly created us to be one. And that it is us who maintains the separations. It is us who maintains the distinctions and the barriers. So forgive us for doing that. Help us to see all people as people, regardless of their background, the language they speak, the color of the skin, that we know that you love all, so that we can reflect the love of Christ in our conversations and in our lives, so that they will truly know that we are your followers because of our love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.